Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Disney Plus in season two of The Mandalorian. Witness the journey of The Mandalorian and the child as they face enemies, rally allies, and make their way through a dangerous galaxy in the tumultuous era after the collapse of the Galactic Empire. For your consideration in all categories, The Mandalorian is now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How do you take a romantic comedy in New York City and not make it look like another Woody Allen film? On the Rocks filmmaker Sofia Coppola and her DP Philippe Lesord are here to tell us how on Crew Call. Sophia, my first question is, tell me about your inspirations for the movie. Um, you know, watching it, there's this wonderful grown-up echo of Life Without Zoe, which you, which you co-wrote. And then, you know, Felix, Bill Murray's Felix, feels like, you know, he, he's like an older, wiser version of Bob Harris. Uh, there's... Um, but but tell me about it. What 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 struck you to um, to write on the rocks and direct it? Yeah, I was curious. I wanted to write um, about a, a grown daughter with her father story, and and also thinking about cross generational conversations between men and women, which we've been hearing a lot about the past couple of years, but more not through family as much. So looking at it through that lens. And, um, and, you know, looking at family and relationships and how they're affected about where we came from. And I, um, and it was really fun to invest this character that was a mix of, um, you know, things from my dad and friends of his and people I've met and, and just that, that kind of making this, uh, you know, kind of international, sophisticated uh, man of the world, uh, very, kind of a man from another era and I listened to Chet Baker when I was writing it and it just felt like he's so different than the men of our generation um, and how he interacts with women and where she comes from so it was really fun to write that character and and when when Bill came to mind I definitely you know thought about his timing and his his uh, way with comedy and his heart you know how heartfelt he can be so I think in that way there's a relation to his Bob Harris character, but to me, this character is really different. I think he really embraced this kind of dandy and, you know, art collector and man of the world in a, in a different way. Um, so I guess my inspiration was, was, was taking these themes and then how to, to um, give it a light effervescent touch so that you can enjoy being in their world, but hopefully there's, you know, a deeper conversation going on underneath. And I thought about um, the Thin Man films and this kind of those old comedies where there were lots of martinis to be had and um, and this idea of, you know, a little mix-up mystery. There were a lot of those like, yeah, The Awful Truth and My Favorite Wife, they have, you know, some mix-up around infidelity as like a, a theme. So I try, try to infuse a little bit of that. And also I've been living in New York and, and having little kids and trying to learn about being a writer and, and, and going into school with them, which was like a whole new 
world to me. And so, you know, trying to draw on my life to write about that um, in a way that's personal. So I wanted to set it in New York. And then, you know, there's the challenge of how do we film New York in this way that's romantic, but still naturalistic. So connected to with reality, but still a little bit of a movie version that could be beautiful and romantic. And, um, and there's, I think that, I don't know, one of the biggest challenges, how do you make a movie in New York that doesn't feel like a, a fake Woody Allen movie? Um, because his work is so iconic and connected with New York. And so how to make our own version. And that was something that I, I really relied on Philippe to help me, how do we tell the story and capture New York and the, and the, the spirit of the movie and the emotions and, and make this world that, um, that I wanted to feel a little bit elevated, but also approachable. You know, I was going to say it really has a very distinctive look from, from a Woody Allen film. It, it, you've got a gorgeous palette of browns and blues and, and there's like a gray hue and uh, just these beautiful images like the pool in the beginning and the ro- the rotary stairs as she goes down and, and yeah. um, thanks to Philippe. I'm how did, how did both of you arrive at, at that color palette and were, did you have any um, uh, photography inspirations from any particular photographers? I think because usually that's my starting point on a film is putting photographs together and then sitting down with Philippe and, and the art department and co- in costumes, Stacy and Anne, um, and, and starting to put our, our look together. But this one was, was beguiled. It was very specific from the beginning. And this one, I feel like we had to find our way more. Don't you think, Philippe? I think this was a... Okay. I think I was felt that uh, working with Sofia is like a, a big cooking family and we all work together like Italian <laughs> pasta and everybody's coming to the table and... To, to come with uh, all, you know, what we are inside. And me as a foreigner, you know, in New York and living in New York for the last 10 years. Uh, so I probably have a different vision compared to Sofia. So I discover part of New York. I never saw that before with Sofia. And, uh, you know, the 21 and all this club, I never saw that before. And of course you have the challenge, you know, with uh, Woody Allen, Woody Allen and Scorsese movies. So it's all the question, I think it's have to come from, from the location, the, sh- the choice of the location and the palette that Sofia brings to, uh, all together is how to shoot it. And, um, and I think what he drives most of the time, I think with Sofia is she wants to be with a character. She's, they never have a question where you want to put the camera is always a, uh, the answer from Sophia I say, I want to be with a character. And this feeling is very strong first. And that the first approach, you know, between this character and, uh, and New York and New York become another character. So you yeah. struggle to say the loneliness of this woman and, and New York. So the verticality of New York, you know, how to frame it, the format you frame it, the, you know, the, you know, FIFA, do you or not, you know, white type of location and the mood you bring to, you know, with the light and, 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 uh, and, um, and uh, what the charm of, uh, of the Bill and Rashida bring to the scenes that everything, everything participate together, I think. 
Yeah, definitely. What was, what was, did you have a lookbook, Sophia? Um, we always do, and I, I had images. I can't, I can't think specifically what, what they were. I mean, I was thinking about, I was also thinking about uh, movies like Tootsie and, and, and then visiting New York as a kid and going to these kind of uptown places. My dad had an apartment in the Sherry Netherlands and, and also like going to 21 or Bellman's Bar that there were these sort of uh, uptown places connected with another era. And we wanted to contrast that with her world downtown and the busy streets and there's all this construction going on and the hecticness. And then she gets in Bill's car and is kind of sealed off and whisked uptown almost to another city or another era. And that was inspired by kind of these old, older films when they go to the Russian Two and Tootsie or like these old comedies like The Thin Man and, and more of those classic comedies. And they sit at, at Bogart and Bacall's table at 21. And there's just kind of a, a little bit of a nostalgia for, for that world of gentlemen's and yeah you know the, the felix world so kind of conjuring that up um but i can't think of specific photos i know we looked at photos because philippe and i when we sit and talk and look at images it, it um uh you know it just helps me articulate kind of what i have in mind and how he's interpreting it and i do really always start with i think camera's point of view is always um on my mind like whose point of view are we looking through and sometimes it'll it'll feel weird I'm like well whose point of view is that so i think i think about yeah what the camera in relation to expressing the character and this was very much you know through laura's eyes and looking experiencing new york um through her and and how she experiences it differently when she's with felix do both of you come up with a strict shot list and do you stick to it or do you veer? Never. No. <laughs> no <I'm kidding. laughs> like, do you, do you rip it up? Do you, do you sometimes rip it up for the day, Sophia, and say, you know what? Let's take the camera, follow me, and let's run down this hallway. Yeah, you know, I learned um, on my first film, I remember the producer saying, you have to come to set with your shot list. And I thought, well, how do I know if I haven't seen it yet? So now after all these years, um, Philippe and I have a good system where um, I, we watch the actors rehearse and see what they like to do. And I like to know what comes out of that and where they're comfortable. And then um, Philippe takes stills and we look at them together. So right before the scene, we kind of make a shot list with um, photographs that he takes during the rehearsal. And we talk but about I, But I think you are more complex than that because sometimes, because you always review the script together before the, you know, in preparation. And sometimes you have a very, very precise idea what the shot could be. You, you, come, you come to me say, and I ask you, so what do you feel about this scene? And sometimes say, no, I need to see them, you know, build because build going to bring something different or how many shots I need to, you, because of course you need to see the actor. But sometimes you say to me, no, I see that on one shot. Oh. And of course it makes change. Yeah. When you see the action, you say, oh, no, I see that on a wide shot. Oh, I see that on the closer. And for example, you see, you see Bill, you know, coming for the first time with Discover Bill. You yeah. say to me, I want this shot. Oh, yeah, I knew. Oh, yeah, I forget that. It's true. Because I'm the writer, I, I picture certain scenes and images in my head before. And then it's true. And Philippe and I talk about it. I, I can try to explain what I have in my mind when I picture it in my head when I'm writing it. Um, and especially scenes that are more 
less dialogue scenes, but just moments. I have an idea in my head if it's if it's a wide shot or a close up. So thank you, Philippe. Yeah, that's that's part of it. But I think when it's a scene with a few actors that we have to block, then um, you know we then we figure it out when we see it. But usually, yeah, you come into it. I have a sense of what it should feel like, and then you it's just a matter of finding what feels right or closest to what's yeah. uh, in my head. And and then it was we kind of came up with the language or the visual of New York. And then for Mexico, I wanted this real contrast clash, almost like a Blake Edwards, you know, crazy trip to Mexico and how bright it was. And so we really embraced the tropical look of all those tree, palm trees and colors. And she's wearing bright colors and the palette evolves um, into a whole, whole different world. There's, there were two great shots um, that stuck with me. So the fire torch on the beach as she's walking, it's very symbolic. Yeah. If you could talk about that uh, after she discovers that her husband isn't having an affair. And then there's that gorgeous shot of her at twilight. It's kind of looking up and she's in the yellow, the yellow dress and it's a contemplation of the aggravation of the journey. Could... Oh. Yeah, I mean, the, the torch, I mean, I think you always want to, the, the first thing you always want to express is the inner life of the character or the emotional state. So when she's stomping by with these flames, um, you know, she's she's pissed that her dad um, dragged her down there and possibly jeopardized her relationship. And she's mad at herself for going along with it. So I think it's almost like seeing the fumes coming off of her. Um, and I love the moment where she wakes up and just that kind of hangover of this, crazy adventure um, and that she um, woke up woke up in the you know in a new day the storm has passed and she has to kind of go back to her life and the the sobriety of the early morning um, and um, yeah there's something just kind of for the beauty and emotion of that moment but you remember the beach scene we have lightning strike and ray coming up and uh, we have to stop it and wait and still lightning strike. Yeah. And, you know, and I would say, oh, we yeah. have to shoot, we have to shoot. And all of this, you know, that was real. So all of this participate to everything because, you know, uh, as a director and producer, I say, okay, we have to stop. It's too dangerous. You know, I say, no, we have to go. We have to go. You know, yeah. the beauty of it. Yeah, that helps it. Yeah, it's true. That gives energy to the shot. There might have even been lightning. I think we got lucky with the lightning in that yeah. shot. We had to shut down our generators because the storm yeah. was getting closer. Yeah. And, and then Rashida had to rush to get the yeah. shot. Before. Yeah, it's, it's fun how those things all add to the feeling of it. And then going back uh, toward the middle of the movie, there's that great, um, the great scene in the, in the, when Bill's driving in the sports car and in the old fashioned sports car, it's got a very La Dolce Vita uh, vibe about it. And even the way you shoot it is, is wonderful. Can you guys um, tell me more about shooting that scene, the car yeah, scene? We, yeah, we wanted it to have a lot of chaotic energy because, she, you know, it's like she goes in his world and it's crazy out of control. And the sound design and the way that it's shot it wanted it always um i love the energy that it feels like you're with her in his craziness and i'd like to call that our action sequence which um <laughs> it's, i know it's not but um but yeah that was um you know we just stayed up all night shooting with two cars and bill was driving a lot of that and 
Philippe. It's all a blur. I just remember like the light. I know, I know. It, it, it was. No, I think first we have, we have to, you know, it was a headache. First, we have because in New York it's very difficult to shoot. So, you know, first you need to find which switch we can block, how many blocks, so how many. So we have to, and and uh, and, uh, and help 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 us to do. We have to do a list of the shot, and you know, we did a, a small quick time together about you know what type of scene you want to do, how many, you know, uh, it is is going to be dangerous. So, all this technical de detail, we have to put it together. I about it before. Uh, before that, and after Roman said, oh, we could use uh, the rig, the biscuit rig, so, so we feel more free to, to shoot it. So we put three cameras, and the uh, precision driver was driving the car. And, uh, and uh, of course, nothing was working perfectly. And I was looting, losing the light, doing the shot and everything. And after, you know, built, uh, took the car by himself, drive uh, all the, uh, uh, on the city yeah. and we've been shut down by the police. So yeah. it was a fantastic mess, I would say. Yeah. And so that somehow, somehow we had enough to cut it together, but it does, definitely has that, that energy. Yeah. But I remember sitting with you, Philippe, we had like toy cars on the desk and trying yeah. to understand how to, yeah. that's my first time shooting a car chase. Um, so I'm not really quite sure how it all worked out, but it, ha it did have a lot of energy at the time and yeah, um, yeah. it was fun. To Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Disney Plus in season two of The Mandalorian. Witness the journey of The Mandalorian and the child as they face enemies, rally allies, and make their way through a dangerous galaxy in the tumultuous era after the collapse of the Galactic Empire. For your consideration in all categories, The Mandalorian is now streaming only on Disney Plus. How did the two of you meet? And and Sophia, how did you know Philippe was the guy? What won you over? You know that know. he he's he's you worked on um, La Traviata with him. And yeah, did we do a commercial first, Philippe. I think like yeah. we did like a Dior perfume today. Yes. I the way I met, the way I met Philippe was my um, friend and a great cinematographer, Harris Savides who I love to work with. When I met Harris, I, I, I always kind of struggled with, I mean, I, 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 I had great experiences before that, but when I worked with Harris, it was, um, I don't know, he was such a poet and gentle person that he, uh, it was really meaningful to me and just about how to approach filmmaking. And, and sadly, as he was, he was, as he passed away, he, I felt like he looked out for me and he said like, oh, French guy. And I was like, which French guy, which French guy? And he said, Philippe. So he um, he recommended Philippe before he died, and um, and yeah, and it was so touching to me that he even thought about you know that was looking out for me to make sure that I would have someone help me, um, and then um, so then I yeah I met Philippe and we did a commercial together, and um, was it was it like a Dior perfume? Yeah, it was a Dior. Yeah, yeah, it was a Dior commercial. Yeah, and then we just you know worked on a few things, and um, and I. To me, it's so important to work with someone that is a real artist and has integrity. And so much of it is about that their their priority is the same as me in, in making making something as artful and beautiful as we can. And you know, it's not about that's that's what the main focus is: is making a story together, and that we we're on the same page of wanting to make something that we believe in and care about uh, art. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Sophia. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, the contrast between this and Beguiled before Beguiled was 
the hazy, the fog of the South, um, you know, like, like Vaseline on the lens. No. And um, uh, it, it was just, it's just a beautiful contrast yeah, a lot of to the sharp, you know, the uh, almost like a paint, you know, like the painting, I think of the pool scene in the beginning and the colors and how rich that is. You, you also, not only is it rich, but you make it warm. You know, you want to be in, you want to be in Laura's office, you know, with the, uh, with the windows, everything is warm. D- despite it being very sophisticated and, 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 and luxurious, it's very warm and welcoming. Because I, I think what is uh, is important. Uh, oh, that's good because reading the script is a warm of of uh, of uh, Laura and her loneliness. So you have to take care of the with the character and the light uh, approach of uh, of the scene. You know, from uh, from the the marriage, you know, the wedding, and and and, and in certain way for uh, the feeling of a fall. So. Uh, so I think for us, for especially when Sophia is, uh, is, is talking about the script, and uh, so the, all the emotion at one point have to go through the visual. So you have to be very particular about the emotion you can bring on the scene with uh, with light and uh, and the way you you shoot it. So and Sophia pay a lot of attention to uh, the size and uh, and the of the of the quality of. Uh, of uh, how big the actor needs to be inside the frame and how far you need to be from them or not. So, but also warm of the, you're never away from them. You're always with them. And that is always a big discussion for, for Sophia, always, you know. And she said at the, at the beginning, say, with a point of view. And most of the time it was Laura's point of view. And that brings something warm about it, I think, on the scene. Sophia, were you, um, you know, when it came to reteaming with Bill, and I know that you did the Christmas Netflix special um, mm-hmm. with him, was it was it challenging to come up with the next project for him? I mean, I got to think you obviously wanted to work with him again, but how, you know, yeah. it's organic. You, you, when it happened, it happened. I, I'm just... Yeah, I- Oh, actually, I didn't. I didn't want to work with him again because I felt like what people are so attached to Lost in Translation, and I was nervous that I couldn't ever live up to that, or you know. So I, I avoided it, and then finally, after all this time has passed, I, I think he's such a treasure that I, I would, I would love, you know, I wanted to see him again in in the kind of role that I imagined, and I thought oh, to just get over my fear, and enough time has passed, and we've never seen him you know, as a, fa- a father, I don't think. And, and we're both at different stages of our lives. So I thought I'm just gonna, yeah, put my fear aside. And then I pictured, I just knew he'd bring so much to the character. So I, I hoped that, you know, people would be open to, to seeing us do something in this way without, you know, comparing it too much. So when I was a kid, I went to see like, Fresh off of Ghostbusters, I actually went to see on the razor. I went to see Razor's Edge, yeah. and I was like twelve or something. And yeah. I'll, I'll never forget how the critics were just really tough on him in the film. And what's so wonderful, what you and Wes have done is you've really, um, 
you've really shown, you've really accentuated and, and be, not just balance, but you've really made this wonderful um, uh, aura of, of comedy and drama with him where it's, it's not, it, it's, it's not heavy handed drama. It doesn't feel awkward. It's just this, it's really beautiful. And, um, and I was just, yeah, yeah. just striking that balance for you. I think, I mean, I think, thank you. I think Bill, that what that's one of the things that's so great about him is that he has such depth and, you know, can be so heart heartfelt and sincere and then so silly that he, you know, that he has both. And I, and I know Wes and I both, um, like to show to, you know, like that side of him, but I, um, okay, what's the question? <laughs> just, well, no, I'm just talking about striking that balance and getting that type of, um, performance. It's, it's, it, it's very hard to, to do dramedy and, and you, you do, you know, you're one of the few filmmakers that, oh, that I think really it, knows it, how to do it very well. Thank you. I think so much of it is, yes, finding the tone, but that's what I like about life is that you can have something that's really funny and tragic and sad at the same, that they coexist. And he's, he's so good at conveying both. So just kind of letting him do his thing. And I remember when we were shooting the scene in Mexico where he's talking about, you know, the death of the girlfriend and just revealing something. Um, I remember my own life, you know, my parents telling me, things about their life in a way that I hadn't ever seen them that way. And, and I was trying to convey that. And he, I was really struck with that. We all were on set when we saw Bill kind of switch and really open himself up in this emotional way that you, you don't expect. And um, so it was really moving. And then, um, and then like the, the, the scene right after it gets really silly. So it was a, it was a balance for, you know, Philippe to help me shoot elements in between so that we could find our timing in the edit where we could go from something more serious to silly and you know you, that you need the, that kind of buffer in between and, and helps you kind of find the tone to switch back and forth in a way that the, hopefully the audience will go along it, to but go along with Bill's so good at yeah go ahead sorry you know, he's just he's so smart and um and so you know in touch with I don't know just a great actor in touch with his feelings so he he's able to to go between the two. And when it came to shooting um, Lauren Felix, the decision to go back and forth in the dialogue, as opposed to just seeing the two of them, can you, can you both talk about that? And so, you know, the two of them in one shot versus going back and forth. Is it all about pacing and editing? in that in that regard yeah. you know when you're dealing in a dialogue heavy scene i think it's a, if it's more the mood of the scene too if you if they're if they're kind of lobbing it back and forth and having a this banter then you want it to feel one way but then when they're sitting side by side they're more united after a crazy car chase so i think it's always the emotions that dictate um how you want to shoot it, don't you think, Philippe? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Yes, for you, it's really about uh, the emotion going together with you know how tight you are. Because for a scene like that, you're always wondering, for example, 
can you move the, do we move the camera? Should we have a, include the shoulder or not, you know, when you do a reverse or not? And for you, it's never a question like that. Either ways, you know, like, you know, when you have a, a dinner with somebody, you know, you, you want to have a strong conversation or just a normal conversation. You are, you are with the people. So you, you are not aware from the scene. You're never aware from the scene. And that's a particular language you have, Sophia, overall in general. You want to be with them and not aware oh, from thank them. Thank you. I thought yeah, I don't like to feel like I'm looking at them, but I do like to be with them. And it's true, it feels really different if you're if you have their shoulder. And if you want the characters to feel connected or not, like there's a scene with Laura and her husband having a dinner where they're not connected, which you'd shoot differently, then you'd probably include a shoulder when you want them to feel connected. It just gives that kind of some kind of subconscious feeling to the viewer, I think. If, of how to shoot it if you want them connected or not connected. And then your colors, do you know and them? Then there's do you the, know your colors, do you know what you want accentuated right there as you're shooting it? Or is that something that you you do afterwards? Like when you want to bring the blacks forward in the in or the 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 blues, the hues of the blues. Uh, is a question for <laughs> no, I mean, I think you have an overall look idea because that informs the, the sets and the costumes and, and we wanted it to, I don't know, feel sophisticated in New York. It was definitely different than the dreamy, beguiled world, which was all pastels. This was more crisp and sharp and, and her clothes are more drab at the beginning. And then as the character comes back to life, her clothes become brighter. And so there's all of that. But as far as like the quality of the black and stuff, I think I guess in, maybe in color timing, you you find. I think it's. I, I in general, I try to be as close as possible for what we have on the set. So what we built on the set. So and never. Uh, of course, the edit change, the pace of the edit change you how something need to be great, because if you go to something very warm oh. and you go to the next day to something. Yeah, so you you need to manage all of the, the pace of the of the color of the film overall in general. But I try to put you know on me always and not as a reference. Even we you know, we have reference together, but uh, what the set and the and the and the actor is going to be, and I put that right away on the scene right away. I, I try to you know, I, I try to be as close as possible because the image you need to build it before to shoot it. There's no way you're gonna make it happen after the after the shoot. You need to bring everything together there on the set. Yeah, I think there's always um, a certain mood for each story that you just you you set up the guidelines in the beginning, but you have an idea, and then you just follow it as you go. And and a lot of these were important to use real locations, so the they dictated aspect of the palette. But you're also picking them within this world that we've kind of decided is the world you're going for and, and, and editing that with the art department. Um, before we go, Sophia, um, if you could share with us uh, what you're working on next. And, you know, when it comes to independent filmmaking now, is it more challenging now uh, to mount an independent film production than it was, say, back in 2003? Um, has have things changed, or the introduction of streamers has that created more opportunities? 
Yeah, I think it has created more opportunity. I think um, maybe around, I don't know, eight or 10 years, maybe 10 years ago, when it before the streaming companies really emerged, I remember, you know, talking to friends like Tamara Jenkins and independent film where like, like we're, but there's no way to make these movies. It was just dwindling. So um, I don't know when I was starting, it was the late nineties and it always seems like a struggle to get, yeah, we were always like scraping together a few million dollars to make a, a movie. And that's just, I don't know, that's just how independent film was. I was just glad to get to, to make a movie. Um, but then it seemed to get, there was a point where it was getting harder and harder. And then I feel like the streaming services um, you know, just made more opportunity now. And there's a lot of independent filmmakers that wouldn't be able to, that are able to get, and I'll, and I'll get the budget. Like, and for this, you know, we, I always try to keep the budget as small as possible to have the most creative control, but it's expensive to shoot in New York. And um, so we didn't have to go to Toronto or something. It's important to really shoot in New York and that we were able to because A24 that we worked with um, partnered with Apple. So it's like we're fortunate that we got to, and we got to shoot on film. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, and can you share with us what you've been working on? Oh, I've been, I've been writing. I'm, I'm adapting an Edith Wharton favorite book of mine. Um, so I've been, I've been working on that, which um, it's fun. It's kind of Gilded Age New York. Um, so it's fun to, to go in, in my mind into that world during this time of ours. <laughs> so we'll see. I never like talking too much too early because hopefully it'll all come together. <laughs> Sofia Coppola and Philippe Lesord, thank you so much for joining us on Crew Call. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's always fun to talk about cinematography. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro, and our podcast series has been produced by David Janov. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode.